Zuzu. I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. Got a lot going on. This World Series ended this year, this week. <sighs> Astros wanting their first World Series ever. This has to be one of the most exciting World Series I have seen in a long time. I think this could actually match uh, last year's World Series when the Cubs came down from being down three games to one just to win their first World Series in over a century. People are breaking history in baseball, man. The Cubs ended that 108-year drought, and now the Astros winning their first one. You know, the Dodgers, either way, history is made because it was the Dodgers' first time in 30 years right. going to the um, World Series, and it would if they had won, it would be their first win since, in, since 30 years ago. This just goes to prove that anything can happen in baseball. It really can, and it was amazing. Like, no one expected this. When the Dodgers beat them in the third game at Houston, people thought they have the advantage now, and they have the chance to win here. Actually, this is going to sound kind of funny. Um, I found on, like, on Facebook and Twitter that, uh, I think it was, it was like a Sports Illustrated uh, magazine from back in tw- 2014, that, uh, a guy who wrote an article saying that the Astros could actually win the 2017 World Series. And now look what happened. <laughs> Man, we projected this matchup for the World Series. Both you and I projected this. Yeah. This is crazy. And let, I'm going to give you a stat real quick. You know how this all-star team was on the Dodgers? Yep. Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager. You had Pedersen and Puig? Yep. All four of those guys, and here's the stats. All four of these guys to, combined, hitting-wise, five for 31. All four of them. Five for 31. Combined. Cody Bellinger had no hits in the World Series. Wow. Seager had one hit in the World Series. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, the only player, great player that was on this Dodgers team that succeeded was Clayton Kershaw. Really and truly. With that being said, look at the Astros. I mean, I, we, we've got, I've got to point out Peacock and McCullers who pitched very well in this series. Especially Peacock and... You look at these teams like Morton, the pitcher, who came in. You also have to remember Gurriel and Brian McCann, the catcher, who struggled in the playoffs this year, came into the World Series, did a great job. Former Brave player, former I'm trying to think what other team, former Yankee player, as a matter of fact. With that being said, so Will, what were your thoughts on this World Series? Okay, this uh, took me by uh, surprise. Um, but actually, what's uh, actually kind of cool is that uh, there's a guy who is a uh, who was the MVP of the World Series last night, and that is none other than George Springer from the Astros. Because this guy was impressive when I uh, saw him uh, in the All-Star game. And not only that, he's a, he's a former UConn Husky. That's right. And he's one, he, was one, he was the star of this team, and he did a great job in this series. It's like the Astros, going into this game, you know, the Astros seem to have the upper hand a lot in these games. And, you know... It's crazy. Um, I just what what were your thoughts on this? Why do you think the Dodgers may have lost this game? What blew it for this team? I honestly don't know cuz when you have a really stacked team like this, then it automatically means that you're going to be a super team and that you're going to be dominant for the next few years. But somehow, just some way, the Astros were able to uh, find a way with this uh, seemingly young team uh, mixed with uh, uh, young guys and uh, veterans alike and they were able to beat uh, an all-star team within Los Angeles. Nobody even expected them to do as well as they did this season. You know, people were thinking it was going to be the Dodgers and Indians, or even they thought it was going to be a rematch of last year. Of the Cubs and the Indians? Yes. Then the Yankees go and upset the Indians. Dodgers took out the Cubs. And next thing you know, you have the Dodgers and Astros, because sadly the Astros annihilated the Yankees. And the Yankees were very close to making it to to the World Series. That would have been, what, their 41st World Series if they won? Yes, and they've won, what, 26 of them? 27. 27. Oh, off by one number. Most in in baseball history. Yes. In fact, most championships in any sport, as a matter of fact. Correct. It's amazing. And the the team that comes close is the Boston Celtics in second place with 16 championships. Yep. And the Lakers with 15. With that being said, well, Angels reached a five-year deal with Justin Uptons. We're just going to stick with Major League Baseball before we go to GW Sports. Oh, okay. We're talking about, about it. Uh, the Angels reached a five-year deal with Justin Upton, a great player. What do you think about this deal, Will? I mean, how what does Justin Upton contribute to this team? Well, you have it's a baseball season. You have, what, a lot of time uh, to make any and all adjustments you need. Uh, and for the Angels to make this deal all already for Justin Upton, I say this could definitely be an improvement. Uh, in fact, uh, I think with a little bit more adjustments, I think uh, the Angels could potentially uh, be a, a threat to, to the AL pennant. 
I, I could say that too. Honestly, we haven't seen the Angels do be successful in a good while. It's been about six years since I've really seen them with a winning record. Right. So with that being said, I think Justin Upton brings a lot to the table. I think coming up in the draft, the Angels, you know, they get a top 10 pick. So with that, I would use that very wisely. Use some trades, of course. A lot of good players from college baseball coming in for this draft, mm-hmm. for this next coming draft. So it'll be exciting to see. Going back to GW Sports, which we usually start with, but since the World Series was such a great event, we had to talk about it first. Of course. And- with that being said, football is taking on Charleston Southern on their last home game of the year. It is senior day tomorrow. Charleston Southern 4-4. Four and four. Looking at their stats, Charleston Southern did not impress me that much. I mean, their QB, the most touchdown catches a wide receiver has on that team is two. Their QB doesn't even have over 1,000 passing yards this year. With that being said, it's like all the teams we face are more defensive than they are offensive. With that being said, Gardner-Webb may have a chance to win this. I mean, like we, we're what one and seven right now. One and seven. With that being said, what do we need? What does Gardner-Webb need to do? I mean, their defense is doing pretty well. I mean, after that game against Liberty, really surprised us. What does the how? Do, what's the offense need to do to keep the defense? Keep the defense. Um, what do you say? Consistent, because you get tired after a good while, and it's hard to really stay good on defense if the offense can't contribute. Um. Well. From all the games that I've been to this uh, season, it just seems like that the offense just seems to do the same thing. Like, every time they try to pass the ball, it would end up getting picked off, uh, or Tyrell would end up getting sacked. Or if they try to run the ball, then they would only get, like, one or two yards. Uh, so, really, that means they need to change uh, things up a little bit. Yeah. To- and offensive line, they really need to recruit some offensive linemen, because... Our all, one of our all-star offensive linemen is hurt, and the other one is getting trashed out there. Not to mention that we have young offensive linemen that are struggling tremendously this year. Tyrell, this is his last year. If he's going to do something, he really needs to finish off these last three games exceptionally well. Because obviously, they're not going to any playoffs or anything. So No, unfortunately not. Sadly to say. With that being said, oh. <laughs> with that being said, men's soccer will be playing the Big South Conference Tournament against Liberty on November 5th. And women's soccer at, no, women's volleyball at Campbell today, playing at five. I don't oh, know okay. why I put soccer. Sorry, their soccer season's over. Um, so, talking about men's soccer real quick, I mean, they've been efficiently well. I don't know. They won the, the other night, didn't they not, for senior night? Uh, yes, they did. They I think they said that they shut out to Winthrop, like, uh, was it Winthrop? I think it was like six to nothing. Really? That's what I uh, saw. Whoa. You see, I didn't get to go to the game that night because I had a lot of studying. Right. Curse you, school. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, though, this Liberty team is pretty decent. Our team has looked pretty decent. Men's soccer really has come back after starting the season 1-4-1, one, and one, come back, and now they have a winning record. With that being said, Will, what, how do you go into a big South Conference tournament mentally prepared for the soccer team to face a team like Liberty? Well, obviously, uh, Liberty is going to be uh, very prepared, and uh, Gardner just can't do... Uh, let themselves be intimidated by these guys because how often does Liberty beat Gardner or Webb in uh, just about any sport? Oh, well, I mean, this rivalry's been going on for years and years. Right. Uh, so I say this could be a, a, a chance to, to change it up a little bit. Uh, so I say uh, just uh, don't be intimidated uh, by these guys and just go into this game uh, heads on and just uh, play your heart out. Uh, that's basically all you can do. Exactly. And honestly and truly, I think they have a good chance here now. It is at Lynchburg, which is a tough place to play at. So, mentality's got to be really strong in this game. You've got your offense has to be on point, especially with Marvin Mendy, who's done really well this year. Got a lot of offensive scores, and with um, all-star from last year, Ali, who is now on the coaching staff, really helping this team out. I, I think I, I like our team's chances here. Of course, good luck to women's volleyball against Campbell today at five. Their tournament will happen two weeks from now. Of course, basketball will start next. College basketball starts next week. We are so excited. So that's one of our favorite seasons. My favorite season of all time, besides Christmas, of course. <laughs> Definitely. Mine, too. And, you know, Gardner-Webb starts off against Miami. Men does. That's uh, That kind of worries me a little bit. But uh, since we had that exhibition game on uh, Wednesday, which uh, even though it doesn't technically count for uh, something, it does give us a, a chance to uh, see how the team does. And I'm actually not going to lie. This team kind of proved me wrong a little bit. Because I figured that since uh, Tyrell has graduated and LaQuincy has transferred over to South Florida, and as much of a big of a blow as uh, that was, I do understand his uh, choice there, and good for him. He's getting more attention uh, for his talent. Uh, but I say with the talent we have right now, with uh, Jamal, uh, 
Liam. Uh, Liam and uh, Patrick Zek, uh, much to my surprise. Uh, and Jenkins really showed himself last night, to mention they got Nate Johnson back. You know, he was injured all year last year. He's come back. He looked very impressive. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to this table. His shooting game during practice has been tremendous. And talking about DJ and Brandon, Brandon, who is a senior, he struggled a little bit. More of a big off defensive rebound. He's great for defense, which is why I'm thinking that's where they really need to step up. This is the time that DJ and Brandon, our two big men, along with Zach, have to stand up here. You've got to make up for what Tyrell left his legacy with, and you've got to pick back up on that. With that being said, oh, and I was gonna say we also have uh, our big guy Lasan. Yeah, Lasan and Lasan looked aggressive. He looked the best I've seen him in the last two years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It re- I like. I was really impressed, and that's what he, that's what I wanted to see from him. I wanted to see him get aggressive in the paint, and he really showed me. Like I swear, I saw a monster out there. He was doing so well. Oh, he, he, definitely. Oh, and get this: our women's basketball team. Guess who our first game is against? Take a good guess. And no, it's not UConn women. I promise. Uh, oh you. darn. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know. Kentucky. Oh wow. Yes. And we play Kentucky and women's Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. I saw on the women's step. Baylor. If I'm not, I, that's what I thought I saw. We play the Lady Bears. I'm pretty sure, and that's a pretty tough team. No, we have uh, two tough teams because doesn't Kentucky do fairly well in women's basketball? Yeah, they do actually. I mean, men and women. Whew. No, so it's gonna. I'm gonna have to look at. I'm pretty sure I saw that though. I mean, I don't know how I wouldn't remember that though. I mean, I usually would. Wait, well, I mean, especially with well, Baylor well, being number four in the nation. We'll check it uh, later on. Definitely, but with that being said, and we and. Davidson, they play Davidson, and a couple of few good non-conference teams. Um, so it's always so more into that next week. It's time to go to pro basketball right now, and the three teams who people expected to do really well, surprisingly struggling. But the Cavs are three and five right now, and we were talking about this tremendous All-Star team. I mean, yes, Isaiah Thomas is hurt, but we thought at least people like Wade could contribute. Wade has not contributed as much as people thought. This little strategy game plan that they have. Tristan Thompson's now out for six weeks due to injury. With that being said, LeBron says on four straight loss that the team has been depleted, it feels like. And they've got a lot, a lot to work on. Let's talk about the Cavs real quick. Well, what, what's going on with them? What, what ha- what's going on with the super mega star team? Uh, I think it's, uh, like you said before, I think it has to do with these injuries. Because... Uh... I will be honest, as great of a player as LeBron is, uh, I don't think he can, he can carry all this whole team uh, by himself because he has to have the, the responsibility of teammates uh, along with him as well. But since the majority of them are out, uh, even though D-Wade could potentially uh, help, make, uh, help the, the ah, they could potentially make the Cavs a threat as well, that's just not enough either. And you know what's fun? It, it just shows you not too many superstars on one team doesn't work as well. You know, it... It, when the year when they when LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie first started out together, it didn't work too well for the for at least the first half of the season. But as time went on, it got better. But now they've got more on the team. It's like when you play 2K and you get all when and you cheat and get all those superstars on there, and it's kind of like that. I mean, it doesn't work as efficiently as well as you would, it would on 2K compared to reality. With that being said, the Warriors are struggling as well here. I mean, yes, they beat. They beat the Spurs yesterday by 10, and they were making every single shot they could yesterday. Now they're 6-3, and three, but not Steve Kerr literally broke has broken three clipboards this season, and he's, they've only played nine games. He said, like, it's hard to see our team struggle as much as they have this year. And with that being said, Will, what is your take on the Thunder? I mean, have people figured out the strategy to where now they, people know how to beat these guys now? I think uh, so, because... Even the, the with the addition of uh, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, no, that's the Warriors. We're talking about the Warriors oh, here. Oh, the Warriors. Okay. Um, well, I saw the Warriors last night, and uh, they were str- struggling a little bit against the Spurs at first because last time I saw the game, when I first turned on the game, they were down by 18 against the Spurs. Mm. So I'm thinking, holy cow, uh, the Warriors just don't seem to be on point uh, so far. But they ended up coming back and winning uh, the thing. But that just goes to prove uh, that uh, the Warriors, as young of a team as they have, they are starting to show a little bit of rust, it seems like. Yeah, and it, honestly, it's crazy to see. And, you know, there's there's a lot of competition. You know, with the Clippers, they're doing tremendously well. With Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, it's like without Chris Paul, they've been able to work a little bit better for some reason, which surprises me. I thought those three were great together. But 
With that being said, there's a lot of competition. The NBA, as it may have been easy last year, but it's not going to be easy this year. People have figured out this game strategy. They know double-team Kevin Durant. They know double-team Curry. Klay Thompson is never is cold, ice cold, and then he'll be on fire the next day. They know not to worry about him too much. Draymond Green, seriously, I mean, he's averaged eight points in the last two seasons. With that being said, I think the Warriors, it just shows you that and people say the NBA is easy. I, I, in some ways it is, but I mean, come on now. I mean, when you, it's not going to always be easy. It's not like you're going to go undefeated like you would in NFL almost. No, it's uh, close, It's next to impossible to go undefeated in the NBA. Exactly. Let alone not. Let alone stop. Let alone um, only have single digit losses in the right. NBA. With that being said, the Thunder as well have been kind of struggling. Melo not been has not been performing as well as people thought. Russell Westbrook only three triple doubles, in the in eight games. Not as much as he was doing last year. What's going on with this Thunder team? Well, I saw a lot of chemistry with them when the season preseason started. Now this regular season, it's the opposite almost. I think the Thunder realizing how much pressure this puts on them. Uh, when you have a super team, then that obviously puts a huge target on your back. I mean, okay, this is a team that we would, uh, you have to look out for. So for teams like the Cavs and the Warriors, that could potentially uh, make a uh, make uh, them a threat. Uh, but uh, I also think that uh, the Thunder, despite the acquisition of uh, Carmelo, they, like you said, they haven't been uh, doing all that well. Russell Westbrook, not as good as he used to. So I don't know what's been going on with the Thunder. Maybe it's the, the, the pressure of the being this uh, super team and trying to maintain uh, that uh, position. Or maybe it's just something else. Or maybe Melo shoots the ball too much. (laughs) (laughs) Paul George has struggled, too. That's really surprised me, too. So, with that being said, Giannis, amazing for the Bucs. Yes, they're 4-4, but his average right now, 31.2 points per game, 10.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists. That is his average so far this season. I see MVP status here, Will. What do you think? I think that it's uh, very likely because this is a guy who came out of nowhere. I mean... We would expect somebody at the end of the season to be somebody like LeBron James or Russell Westbrook or Kawhi Leonard. But no, we have this guy from the Bucks of all teams. And he's been doing phenomenal as of late. And he's under the coach of easily one of the best point guards in the in NBA history, in my opinion. Yes. And uh, he's just been on fire as of late. I think this guy has a really bright future ahead of him. You can't count the Bucks out. I mean, they do have a good team. Not only with Giannis, they got Chris Middleton, Jabari Parker, Greg Monroe, a lot of great players on that team. And they're a potential threat. I really think Giannis, if he keeps it this up, I see MVP in his future. I love what I've seen from this kid. A lot. Of, LeBron described him as a machine that keeps going and going. And it's just, it's to get a compliment from LeBron, that, that has to feel incredible. Oh, of course. <laughs> with that being said, Last thing before we get to NBA picks, the Spurs bring Tony Parker back from rehab. However, he and Kawhi Leonard are still out. Both are injured. Kawhi messed his ankle up pretty good, and Tony Parker has been dealing with a bad quad quad hamstring. But yet, the Spurs are still performing well. The Marcus Aldridge has really led this team, doing a great job. These rookies that have come in and done well. Patty Mills, as always, is doing well. So with that being said, Will, what do you think about the Spurs team? Greg Popovich being able to take players that we don't see, con- are, that don't really, we, I mean, what am I trying to say here? That they don't really uh, fit well? No, that they, we don't really see contribute as much as they are doing right now. I mean, they play very well, but you don't see these guys scoring 20 points a game like no. they are right now. And they've really, it, it just comes to show you how great of a coach Popovich is to have oh, these guys. He, this man is one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. With that being said, well, what do you think about the Spurs right now? I mean, well, how does Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard being out really Well, like you said them? before, I think it's safe to say that Greg Popovich is one of the best coaches in NBA history. I have a ton of respect for this guy. And for him to be able to work all these guys out, like, he's like, it's like he's putting together this huge puzzle. Like, he's making sure he puts in all the pieces where they're supposed to go. And... Much to our surprise, he puts in pieces uh, that we never think would fit. Uh, so this guy's actually a pretty uh, bit of a, gen- a bit of a genius uh, yeah, that, when you think about it. This guy doesn't put the edges first on the puzzle. He no. goes right to the middle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's a great comparison, Will. I like that. 
And now it is time for the NBA picks. First, tonight, Bucks 4-4, four four, like we were talking about with Giannis, take on the Pistons, who have really done well. Andre Drummond averaging a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds per game. What? Who wins this one, Will? Andre Drummond has been impressive lately. I actually remember seeing him when he played basketball at UConn, uh, and he's uh, done just about the same. Uh, great uh, job. Uh, but you're going up against uh, Giannis and uh, the Bucks, and when you go up against uh, uh, Jason Kidd, <laughs> who uh, I grew up with, he's like one of my childhood idols, uh, I think that's going to be a little bit of a struggle. I'm going to go with the Bucks on this one. I'm going to go with the Bucks as well here. I see Giannis having a good game. Not to mention that the Pistons may be doing well this year, but their defense is kind of, they've allowed almost 90 points a game, and you can't allow that here in the NBA, really. Right. I mean, it's not where, I mean, the Sixers are allowing over 100 points a game. That's their average. With that being said, the Wizards, 4-3, and three, John Wall performing extremely well. Another MVP contender, in my opinion. Taking on LeBron James and the struggling Cavs. Who wins this one tonight, Will? Uh, okay, uh, let's be honest. Who expected the, the Wizards to do this good? Uh, I didn't. I mean, I thought they would do decent. I didn't expect them to do as, as perform as well as they are doing right now. Exactly. So that's why I'm going to pick the Wizards. They have been a huge surprise as of late. Who knows? They might end up winning the Eastern Conference and could go to the NBA Finals, for all we know. Exactly. Uh, with John Wall and uh, Beasley, I think uh, this team could be a huge threat, and uh, to knock off the Cavs is a huge accomplishment. I'm going to go with the Wizards. Much respect for John Wall. I've actually met John Wall. He's a really nice guy to talk to, awesome. honestly. Um, it was an honor. Um, with that being said, though, you can't forget about people like Porter, Otto Porter Jr., Aubrey Jr., who have performed exceptionally well for the Wizards. People that people can thought were a bust have come out and done exceptionally well. Marcin Gortat, a great center in the league. The Wizards, I think, will perform well. I see them upsetting the Cavs again. Let's count the Cavs as a five-game losing streak right now. Coming up, Hornets, 5-3, and three, our Charlotte Hornets. But they take on Greg Popovich's Spurs, who are 4-3 and three right now. No Kawhi, no Tony, but still, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, still great players on that team with Danny Greenman as well. Who wins this one, Will? Okay, so you have uh, your both teams uh, kind of stacked up on your star players. For Charlotte, you have Kemba Walker, Jeremy Lamb, uh... Dwight My, Howard. Dwight Howard, Michael K. Gilchrist. On uh, the Spurs, you have uh, Mills, uh, Aldridge, Green, and you have a, a legendary coach as well. Um, so this is actually going to be uh, kind of tough for, for me to choose, uh, but in the end, I'm going to go with the Spurs. Ooh. You know, I'm going to make a prediction here. Malik Monk, who has struggled this year for the Hornets, has an exceptional night. I still see the Spurs win. I see LaMarcus Aldridge pulling 30 on the Hornets, and but I still think Kemba will have a perform great performance. I think I'm gonna. I can't wait to see that matchup though. Dwight Howard versus Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh, that's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be great. Oh, I really wish they were playing in Charlotte this today. <laughs> with that being said, I'm gonna go with the Spurs though in this one. Celtics six and two. They've surprised everybody. Kyrie is MVP worthy right now. I mean, left the Cavs and came here, came to the Celtics, and now he's a big threat here. With that being said, they take on the Thunder at. The six and two, the four and three Thunder. Who wins this one, Will? All right. So since uh, the Celtics are apparently the hot team, uh, and since they have been for the past uh, few years, uh, I think uh, they're only going to get better. Even though they lost uh, a really good uh, talent in uh, Gordon Hayward for uh, very likely the rest of the season, uh, but I think that uh, this is a, a, tur a turning around point for this uh, franchise because. They haven't won a uh, an NBA championship in quite a while as of late, uh, so I think this is their chance to recover. I'm going to go with the Celtics. Rumor has it Hayward's planning on returning in January. January. He's trying. Fr from an injury that we just saw. I know, but he says he wants to try and return by January, and now he shouldn't rush this process. But with that being said... If that does happen, it would be a miracle. Yes. I think we're talking about Kyrie Irving... Leading this team with Al Horford as well as Brad, not Brad, yeah, Bradley. No, that's not Bradley Bill. Uh, Avery Bradley uh, as well. Avery Bradley. And taking on Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George here. Now, this is going to be a great matchup. I think Kyrie does well, but I see the Thunder upsetting the Celtics. I'm going to go with the Thunder here. What about you, Will? I just said Celtics. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. All right, we're going off to college football now. The new rankings have arrived, and Georgia t knocked Alabama down and have taken the number one position. Who would have thought? I, I wouldn't. Honestly and truly, it's because they've had more competition, though. I mean, they've beaten Notre Dame. They beat, 
They've beaten a couple of ranked teams this year, and they've really done a great job. And with that being said, Alabama at number two. Notre Dame goes to number three after an exceptionally well game against NC State. Clemson at four. Oklahoma at five. Ohio State at six. And Penn State after that amazing game, but sadly a loss to Ohio State. Now at number seven. TCU put down at number eight after Iowa State upset them. With that being said, well, I mean, what is your what is your thoughts on these new rankings? I mean, especially you were talking about Georgia being a surprise to you. What what is your thoughts on that? This just goes to show that anything, and I mean anything, can happen in the world of college uh, football, because uh, Alabama they've been a franchise uh, for who knows how long ever since Nick Saban entered uh, the picture, and uh, now for a, a team like Georgia to come up and knock them out uh, out of the number one ranking spot. That's actually uh, amazing, but now that means that, that the Georgia has a target on the as the target on their their back. They're now the team to beat. Yes, I agree. And honestly, though, who has Alabama really played well? No, nobody really. I does. mean, first game, Florida State. They dominate. Florida State had to send a backup QB in because their starting got injured and their defense struggled in that game. So I couldn't really count that as a big game. And then. They play. They they've dominated their other opponents. Who was that other ranked opponent that they played that people had said it was a good game, but they took off? Uh, was it Texas A&M? I think the Texas A&M was probably the only good game uh, that Alabama ever had. Yeah, yeah. It's. I really think that. But they play LSU this coming up weekend. In two weeks, they play Auburn. With that being said, I mean it's gonna if I think they'll beat LSU. I mean we'll come back to those picks later. But with that being said, I mean Notre Dame. I think they're making you eat your words, Will. But what you they said, they are. <laughs> yeah. I uh, oh jeez. Uh. But I studied their defense against State. That their their um, defensive coordinator, his first season here, he's le- he's done very well with this team. This defense. We're talking about a guy with Naheem Hines, one of the fastest players in college football right now, next to Saquon Barkley. We're talking about a great quarterback like Ryan Finley, and the way that their offensive line held off Bradley Chubb, despite the fact Chubb had two sacks and eight tackles. They, they kept him away from their quarterback, who is a runner. He did exceptionally well, I thought. Now, State's a good team, too, and we'll get to that later. But with that being said, what does Clemson even deserve this number four ranking? I mean, should Oklahoma take that position since they beat Ohio State? And it, it's, The way that this kind of works is kind of confusing, in all honesty. Uh, but uh, I say it on... Uh, who has been who as of late. And uh, since Oklahoma has been Ohio State, I think they deserve uh, a top uh, four spot. But uh, for Clemson, since they... Uh, excuse me. Since they shockingly lost it to Clemson uh, a few weeks ago, I say that this could uh, potentially... Uh, I say that it could potentially be a battle between Oklahoma and uh, Clemson to see who gets that uh, four spot by the end of the season. And the way I see it, I mean, Oklahoma lost to an unranked Iowa State. That was their first loss of the season. Clemson lost to Syracuse, unranked Syracuse, may I, might I add, who is in third place in that side of the conference with State and Clemson. And with that being said, though, really and truly Ohio State, I think, takes, despite Ohio State lost to a ranked team, Oklahoma and Clemson didn't. Ohio State beat a top-ranked team, Penn State. Yep. Shouldn't they? But honestly, I still don't feel like it's right to give Ohio State that position. What, what do you think about this, Will? Like, are like Central Florida, for example, they are undefeated. They've done exceptionally well this year. They're not going to get in the top four. Iowa oh, State not. has beaten three ranked teams this year. All three ranked opponents they've played so far, they have beaten. They're not going to get a chance at all. State has beaten three ranked opponents, lost to only one. They're not going to get a chance at all just because they lost to South Carolina. You want to talk about teams like Wisconsin, who people who is undefeated but hasn't played anybody really. They're not going to get a chance, and it's because it's all political in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of uh, a little bit uh, stupid because they're only allowing, like, the big-name schools uh, into this. They're allowing the Ohio States and the Alabamas and the Clemsons into uh, this. And while it is kind of fun to see these uh, teams uh, play, it can get pretty tiring pretty fast. And I think if uh, some of these teams do make it into the the playoff, it'll be like, okay, we're doing uh, this again. And the way they dropped Penn State kind of upset me because they lost by one point to Ohio State. They pushed them all the way down to number seven, but yet TCU only goes to number eight after losing to Iowa State. And might I add, TCU performed horribly against Iowa State. Why are they still in the top ten? Hmm. Isn't there like a little thing about this? Like, if like I'll give you an example: South Florida. They were undefeated until they lost. They got upset by SMU last week. They are no longer ranked because of it. 
It, but yet, look at look at this thing. Michigan State lost two games. Michigan lost three before they were knocked out of the ranked. Uh, before they weren't unranked. Do you think it's fair for what they're doing here? Um, I actually uh, don't know. Um, I say maybe uh, somewhere down the road uh, they'll uh, give. Uh, when they have uh, more team, more slots available for a playoff, uh, then maybe uh, other teams like uh, the uh, Wisconsin's or the Iowa State's or TCU's will get a chance. But for right now, we have to stick to four, and uh, I don't know. I just uh, think uh, that uh, this is a little bit weird as well. I think Miami deserves more than just number 10 as well. I don't know why. I just thought about that, like, why Alabama, who's played nobody else? Yes, they deserve a top four spot. They're undefeated. They deserve it. But why does Clemson get a number four spot when they lost to an unranked opponent? When Miami is undefeated and they've beaten two ranked opponents, why is Iowa State and NC State ranked so low when they've beaten a total total five ranked opponents? Iowa State with three, NC State with two. With that being said, I mean, we'll move. I'm taking off time. I know. I just thought about that. What is your um four playoff team predictions for the week? So, uh, if the playoffs started uh, right now, no, yeah, but like that, or but let's predict, let's predict the end of the season. Let's go. Let's say we we okay. fast forward in the future to we go back to the future back to to, the future. <laughs> to um the end of the season of college football. Who would be your four team projections that oh, you would wow. think you would see if we were going back to the future? Well, I think it's safe to say that Alabama will definitely get a uh, berth in the playoff uh, with the coaching of Nick Saban. Um. Let's see. The next three spots were kind of tough for, for me. I think Georgia could potentially uh, be a threat to, to be in the playoff. And with the, the way they're performing, has just been phenomenal as of late. Uh, as for the other two, uh, I will actually give them to Ohio State and a team that, uh, once again, is making me even my words, Notre Dame. I'm going to say, number one, Georgia, who will beat Alabama in the SEC championship and okay. knock them out. Oklahoma at number two, Notre Dame at number three, and Ohio State at number four, with Alabama and Penn State being the first two out. That would actually be pretty amazing. I would, I just think Georgia has a better team than Alabama, but we'll wait and see as this goes on. All right, it's now time to go to the NFL. Trades galore this week, Will. First off, the big one, Jimmy Garoppolo traded to the 49ers from the Patriots. Now, we'll get to why Patriots only have Tom Brady as the only QB in the roster. With that being said... Now Brian Hoyer's gone. They said, goodbye, Brian. We're taking Jimmy now. With yeah. that being said, now there's a rumor they might not let him play this year because their offensive line is not the best. They don't want him to get hurt. So they might play C.J. Beathard through the rest of the season. With that being said, though, great was this a great pickup, Will? What do you think about this for the 49ers? Do you see a f- great future for them? Maybe. Uh, well, uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo was with the Patriots, he was just always in Tom Brady's uh, shadow, always getting little to no playing time whatsoever. Um, but uh, when he did get to play, he proved he shocked a lot of people. And he was undefeated when he took over for Brady before he got hurt yeah. last year. So, what do you what do you rate him as a QB? Do you see him in the next three years becoming an underrated elite quarterback? Possibly, I think he could possibly be like Jacoby Brissett, uh, with, who's with the Colts right now, who is just uh, unknown right now. But uh, after a couple games. Uh, He'll start to put himself on the map of a good quarterback. I think so, too. I'm really excited to see. You know, with the Patriots only having Tom Brady as their only QB on the roster, should they pick up Hoyer or, you know, to keep the people um, to keep the people calm, get Kaepernick as a backup? I actually uh, don't know because uh, Tom Brady can claim he can go until he's, what, 47? And as highly doubtful as that is, uh, um... I think uh, that they need to think about, like, you, you, you know, what would happen if, say, Tom Brady got injured. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they have nobody. Exactly. I mean, who's going to throw the ball? Are you going to get Gronk as the quick QB? <laughs> Gronk or Edelman? Actually, uh, Edelman's hurt for the year. Oh, Edelman. Okay. You know Edelman's out for the year. All right. Get... So that completely changes things up. So with that being said, what, what, what was the, why do they not have another QB on here? What, make, what sense does that make? I don't know, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be... Uh, I have to be unbiased here, but I have to admit that uh, Belichick is a pretty smart coach. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he would uh, normally find uh, a way. Uh, I mean, he could get uh, an unknown rookie, and he can turn him into a Super Bowl MVP. Mm, yeah. That's how good he is, uh, in all honesty. 
Uh, so I don't know what they have uh, planned, but they have to be careful because one shoulder injury to Tom Brady, and it's a game over for him. Yeah, talk about the dangerous thing that ESPN was talking about with Brady. The t Tom Brady's dangerous game? Yes. Um, that The fact that he's getting to an age where his he could easily get hurt and he could be done for his career right. at this point. Well, what do you think about that, Will? Like, what precaution does it take? I mean, should Brady bother? I mean, this man has a kid and a beautiful wife that... He's got money to provide for the rest of his life. Should he keep going with this? The man has five rings. Wouldn't you be satisfied? He has, he has five rings. He's broken records. And he made the, the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Three NFL MVPs. So I think he's done more, just about enough uh, for a Hall of Fame uh, career and easily going down as uh, one of the best quarterbacks uh, in NFL. Yes, of all time, as a matter of fact. But what, what's the, what, what, uh, what am I trying to say here? I keep stuttering. I don't know what to <laughs> think here. I, maybe I should just move on to the next topic. Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills while the Panthers get two draft picks out of the trade. How will Benjamin fare in Buffalo, Will? Well, this is something I think you told me before, that Tyrod Taylor has sort of the same for format as a Cam Newton. Uh, so I think that could be possibly something that Kelvin Benjamin will be very familiar uh, with. Uh, and if uh, Kelvin Benjamin does, uh, I've been told that he's uh, injured, and that's why he didn't play against the Jets. Yeah. Um, but for... Uh, just have to see how Tyrod fares uh, with uh, Kelvin Benjamin and everybody else. Uh, but I think that uh, with the acquisition of Benjamin, I think uh, the Bills could potentially have a, a, a very high-octane offense. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, though. Um, with that being said, the Bills, you know, talking about Richie Incognito, you know, they lost to the Jets last night. Right. And, you know, Richie Incognito made a f mention that they think the NFL is messing with them by giving them like four day four days off and play, playing on back to back games in four days. With they've had three um, Thursday night games, which is crazy. And the Bills have done pretty well this year, and they blame the loss on the fact they didn't get enough rest. Now, and of course Richie Richie Incognito then came in to say they threw a wrench at our schedule, and they just don't like the fact that we're better than the Patriots this year. Right. With that being said, Will. What do you think about these Thursday night games? There Now there's a thing that says, should we even have Thursday night games unless it's Thanksgiving? What do you think, Will? Uh, well, when uh, this is a Thursday night game, about Thursday night games, right? Yeah, this is. Uh, I actually uh, don't know. I mean, uh, you do get an extra game on a weeknight, I guess? I don't know. Besides, I... besides Monday night? But in all honesty, I don't really see a lot of a point into it. I don't either. I mean, what's the point in arguing about this? I mean, they're just mad that they lost to the Jets. I mean, that's their whole problem here. They claim they got enough rest when they're just, they just don't like the fact that they lost. And honestly, I love the Bills. I love what I've seen from them. I'm not hating on them. But that was just, I don't know why, what, why this quiet offensive lineman just comes out of nowhere and says all this. It's kind of crazy to me. You know, the running back from um, Alabama, not Alabama, wow. Uh -huh. Miami, the Miami. Miami Dolphins, got traded to the Eagles, J.I.G., for the fourth-round pick. How dangerous are the Eagles now, Will? Now they actually got a great running game with them. They're now the hot team uh, in the NFL. Oh, they Lord. only have one loss right now. And, uh, okay, I'm going to throw uh, this out. Uh, how many people do you think uh, the Eagles would actually uh, do well this season, including the people of Philadelphia? Oh, well, a lot of people at Philadelphia had high hopes, especially after picking up Alshon Jeffrey and um, Torrey Smith. And I have nothing against uh, Philadelphia. In a great city, a lot of history, but uh, when it comes to their sports teams, not really know what to think about uh, when it comes to them. Are they uh, good? Are they bad? Are they somewhere in the middle? How, and how long has it been since they had a championship? I mean, the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Eagles? Well, the last time uh, the uh, Phillies were in the World Series was... I want to say back in 2009 when they played the Yankees. And did they lose that one, though? And they lost to the Yankees. Yeah, and the Philadelphia Flyers as well. I forgot and, about them. And the, and the Flyers, I don't know how long it has been since they were in the Stanley Cup, but the Eagles could potentially end this drought. And they possibly could. I mean, no one expects the Sixers to end it, that's for sure. No. With that being said, though, NFL shut down the A.J. McCarron trade between the Bengals and the Browns because it was a few minutes past the deadline. Interesting about that, Will. Browns are kind of upset about it, but as time goes on, I mean, they're stuck with Deshaun Kaiser and a co Cody Kessler, who I think is better than Kaiser. Really, they I don't see them playing him a lot because 
they said, oh, we've benched Kaiser and we put Kessler in. And then the next game, Kaiser is back. So I don't know the Browns thinking in this situation. But McCarron would have been a good um, quarterback option, though, for the Browns. Wouldn't you think so? Oh, easily. I just think uh, that if they thought about it uh, sooner when uh, they went to 0-6, they thought, okay, we need to make a, a change <laughs> big time. Because uh, when you go, when you haven't won one game, then you obviously need to know that something has to, to change. But you can't just wait until the very last minute. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that whole thing. I mean, that's really your fault. That's not really the NFL's fault. You had a deadline, and you didn't make it, really. Now, this has been a sad story. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL in practice yesterday. He is now out for the season. That's the second big star the Texans have lost. They lost J.J. Watt to a broken leg for the season. It's it's a sad story here, Will. Won't you say so? Easily. What... It's just crazy to think about, though. I mean, Deshaun, he was, he, look at his stats from this year. Okay, so he has 18 touchdown passes, 19 touchdown passes in the year, only seven interceptions. He was performing very well. He's 1,699 yards this year. So this, was, this is a huge loss for them. Now they're going to start Tom Savage, who was a second stringer, who started the first two games, then was benched because he wasn't performing well, and they put Watson in, and they liked what they saw. And they picked up Matt McGloin, um, a former Penn State QB who used to work with um. Uh, what's the head coach's name? Um, Brian, the, the head coach for the um, Houston Texans. Oh, totally was it a Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien, yes. You know, he coached for Penn State, and Matt yes, McGloin played with him. Oh, wow. So this, is, I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, a lot of superstars have been injured. You know, David Johnson, week one, got hurt badly, and now with his hand. Eric Berry in the game against the Patriots broke his leg. Andrew Luck, now on injured reserve, which we'll get to in a minute. J.J. Watt broke his leg. Julian Edelman broke his leg. Odell Beckham Jr., straightened his ACL badly. Aaron Rodgers broke his clavicle. So many stars are getting hurt here. With that being said, though, the Colts put luck on injured reserve, and now they deny career in je- his career in jeopardy and rumors of trade or releasing luck. Um, you know, as we were talking about, uh, I think was it last week or a couple weeks ago, that um, luck, there were rumors that luck might get traded or released because they were happy with Jacoby Brissett's performance. Right. And that fact that Luck keeps getting injured, and now they're denying these reports. So with that being said, well, what's your thoughts on this? Is it worth keeping Andrew Luck at this point in time? Uh, with Jacoby Brissett uh, doing uh, well with the Colts, even though they really aren't uh, doing uh, that uh, well uh, right now, um, I think it's time uh, to look for a bit of a change. Andrew Luck, he had his chance. Um Sadly, didn't meet the expectations that everybody had hoped for him. Uh, but maybe somewhere else uh, his talents will be needed. Uh, but for right now, I think it's uh, safe to say that uh, the Colts are going to put their trust in Jacoby Brissett. I think so, too. Um, we'll, we'll get into this as we get more information as time goes on. It's now time for NFL picks. First, the 3-4 and four Broncos blew a game against the Chiefs. They take on the 7-1 Eagles, who just acquired a great running back. Who wins this one, Will? Well, uh, this is going to be kind of tough for the Eagles because when they get, first got this uh, this uh, Ajayi, uh, that means that they have a full, probably less than a week uh, for this guy to mesh with the other team, uh, the rest of the team. And you're taking on the Broncos' defense as well. And you're taking on the Broncos' defense, so that's going to be a little bit tough. But I think somehow uh, the Eagles will uh, pull out a win. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Oof. I'm going to go with Philadelphia as well. I see this as a three-point game, actually. I see the Von Miller and the Broncos defense really holding Carson Wentz to first pressure, a couple of turnovers I see. I think the Eagles win it by three, though, on an unbiased situation. On a biased situation, I say, lose, lose. <laughs> I'm playing now. Falcons, four and three, take on their rivals, the Panthers, who are five and three. This is a big rivalry game. Both teams are going at it. Right now, the Saints have first place in that side of the conference. Falcons trying to go back to the Super Bowl, but... They're not having any luck with their season so far. Who wins this one, Will? Well, last week uh, the Falcons took on the, you know, the Jets, and they actually struggled a little bit uh, you know, against uh, the Jets. Uh, they barely beat them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for the Panthers, uh, they're still going to have to deal with uh, losing uh, Kelvin Benjamin, trying to find a new uh, hot receiver for uh, Cam Noon. Uh, maybe it'll be uh, Funches or, or uh, Curtis Samuel, is it? Yes. Uh, but uh, since they're expected to get Greg Olson back by Thanksgiving, then they're just going to have to wait until then. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with the, the Panthers on this one because I think their defense, uh, since they got Luke Keckley back, is going to be back to full strength. I see the Panthers winning this one too. You know, the Falcons have really struggled. Matt Ryan, like I said, 
although he doesn't have as many touchdown uh, interceptions as he does touchdown, he's pretty close to that number. And I just haven't. Um, Julio Jones has had. They've had trouble getting him the ball. Their Devonte Freeman has struggled tremendously this year. And to think I got him on my fantasy team too. <laughs> With that being said, though, I see the Panthers winning this game. It's always a good game when these two play. It's the three and four Redskins versus the Seattle Seahawks, five and two. 3-0 at home, which they will be playing at with the Redskins. Who wins this one, Will? All right, so uh, Seahawks struggle a little bit against uh, Houston. That was a shootout. I've a never seen a shootout with that Seattle defense no, in ne- years. Me neither. Uh, but I think that uh, since they're taking on the Redskins, that's probably going to be a little bit more uh, tame of a, a game. I didn't mean to rhyme there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that the Seahawks uh, win. Uh, their defense has been slightly improved. I think their defense has been slightly improving, even though they struggled against a, a pretty good Houston offense. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Now, the Redskins' defensive line is something to not mess with, especially when you got Ryan Kerrigan. But rushing-wise, they have struggled tremendously to stop the run. Now, after that sluggish performance where they started out well against the Cowboys and then blew it in the end, I don't see them beating Seattle. I see Russell Wilson running all over this team. I see three touchdown passes in his future. Seattle Seahawks over the Redskins. Chiefs versus the Cowboys. 6-2 for the Chiefs. Underrated Alex Smith takes on underrated Dak Prescott. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Chiefs. And uh, <gasps> I, say if, uh, this, <laughs> I say if this uh, keeps up, I don't think uh, Alex Smith could be considered underrated anymore. I think he could be up there with some of the top uh, QBs in the NFL right uh, now. And with the coaching of Andy Reid, I say uh, that the Chiefs uh, are a huge threat uh, for the AFC title. I think the Chiefs win this one, too. I don't, the Cowboys' defense has struggled with the passing game this week, this year. I mean, you know, last week with when they picked off Kirk Cousins, it was the first interception they've had since last year. And I, I have, this defense hasn't performed as well. I, I've got the Chiefs winning this one. Next. Oh, my gosh, I dropped it. Uh, next, we have the Raiders, 5-3, and three, taking on the 4-3 and three Dolphins. Who wins this one, Will? This is actually kind of a toss-up uh, for me. Uh, both teams have, have been struggling huge as of with Late. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, that uh, the, the uh, Raiders will actually end up uh, winning this one. Um, they have been struggling, but I think they're desperate for a win right now. I think the Raiders win this one, too. I don't see the Dolphins performing as well in this game. Finally, Aaron Rodgers Packers take on the 3-4 and four Lions. Now the Packers had a bye last week. Now they come back. First game without Rodgers. Who wins this one, Will? This is going to be kind of tough because uh, the Lions' defense have been pretty impressive, I think, uh, yeah. as of late. And same thing with their uh, offense. I actually wanted to see what a battle between Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford this season would have been like. I would have, I would have too. Oh, man. Uh, but I say that the Lions are going to end up winning this one. Uh, I think so, too. I see the Lions winning this one, especially with that defense that can force pressure onto Brett Hundley, who hasn't had much experience as an NFL QB. I see the Lions winning this one. Now, before we end, we got college football picks. We have six top 25 matchups between teams that are ranked. With that being said, though, let's start with the unranked ones. UCLA, 4-4, four and four, takes on Utah, 4-4. Four and four. Both teams surprisingly struggling this year. With that being said, though, who will become 5-4, and four, Will, in, this, in tonight's matchup? I'm going to go with UCLA. Uh, Jim Moore Jr., uh, still a very good coach. I think he's actually very underrated in the NCAA. Um, and with Josh Rosen uh, doing exceptional this, this season, yeah, uh, I think it, it'll be enough for the Bruins uh, to uh, get a win, get that fifth win. I think so too. I think the Bruins win this one too because Utah's offense has been sluggish and their defense has struggled tremendously, which they've been they were known for last year. I got UCLA twenty six to three would be my prediction. Oh, okay. Kansas State has lost their last three straight games. They are four and four. They take on Texas Tech, who has lost their last two straight games. They are 4-4 four and four as well. Who wins this one, Will? Okay, I think this is all about who wants it more. Kansas has lost three games in a row, so that means they're going to be all fired up uh, for this one because they're taking on a team that has the same record as them, and I think this could be motivation uh, for them. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wildcats, but very close. I'm going to go with a close game here. I think that the Wildcats end up pulling us off, but you know what? Then I changed my mind and said Texas Tech would win it because their defense has been exceptionally well lately. I mean, you remember last year, I mean, their defense was allowing 52 points a game to where Mahomes would have to really get six touchdowns a game on average to help his team out. With that being said, I see Texas Tech pulling up set here and ending their little losing streak. I got them in this game. 
With that being said, Georgia Tech takes on Virginia. Both teams doing surprisingly well. Will, who wins this one? Oh, this is a tough one, um, but I'd say I have to go with uh, Georgia Tech a little bit. Uh, uh, Virgi Virginia, as well as the, they're doing, uh, I think uh, Georgia Tech just needs this win more. I think so, too. I think Georgia Tech's going to strive for it more, simply because Virginia, I don't think they'll be able to stop that triple option. Now, Georgia Tech is mad. They lost to Clemson 24-10 in a game they think they should have had. Virginia, you know, they lost to Boston. They got upset by Boston College last week. I think they're still shook by that. I think they lose to Georgia Tech. Number seven, Penn State, after a sad, um, big loss to Ohio State in a one-point game, now they take on another ranked team. Number 24, Michigan State, got upset by Northwestern last week. They are 6-2. and two. Who wins this one, Will? Who wants this win desperately more? Uh, Penn State uh, obviously wants to get back into the playoff uh, picture. Michigan State, I say they're kind of out of it. Hey, definitely. Uh, uh, but Penn State, they still have a chance. So I think this is their chance to, to improve. James Franklin, as great of a coach as he is, he's going to have a lot on his plate uh, these last few games. Uh, but, yeah, I say the, the, the Nittany Lions will take both one out. This is going to come down to the wire. You talk about Michigan State's defense, who is top ten in the run, you know, facing Saquon Barkley, the fastest man in college football right now. It's going to be interesting to see. I see a close one. I see a nail-biter. I see Penn State winning it by 4, 27-23 will be my prediction. Number 14, Auburn, 6-2, takes on Texas A&M, 5-3. A&M on a loss last week, trying to bounce back, but they take on a ranked Auburn team who has done somewhat well. There's, they keep winning, so now who wins this one, Will? Uh, ooh, this is actually a tough one. Uh, Auburn wants to try to prove that they can hang tough with Alabama, which is going to be a really a tough test, and you said that's coming up in two weeks. Yes. Uh... So I say that Auburn could pull it out, and I think uh, they will because they need to uh, prove that uh, they're not dead just yet. I want to talk about the rushing attack that Auburn has this year, which has really impressed me more than their passing game and how Texas A&M has struggled to, especially on the left side. They seem really weak on the left side, especially since they lost their starting defensive end on that side, and they haven't, they've struggled a little bit. I see Auburn dominating 33-14 to 14 here. South Carolina, 6-2, take on number one team in the nation, Georgia, undefeated. It's a big rivalry game, and it's always good when these two teams go at it. Who wins this one, Will? <coughs> oh, boy, I think this is going to be a very fun uh, game, but I think uh, Georgia is going to pull this one out. Uh, Nick Chubb, very uh, good, good running back. I think this guy is going to go uh, far. Maybe a top uh, 10 uh, overall pick in the NFL draft when it comes to his time. Yeah. Um, uh, so... Uh, I think that Georgia could. I think Georgia might be the only threat right now to Alabama, as far as we know it. So I think the Bulldogs are going to take this W. I think that Georgia wins this one. Will I think it's going to be a close game too, though. I think it's always good when these two play. It's South Carolina. Whenever Georgia's on the top, South Carolina's upset them. I don't see that happening this time, though. A three-point game for Georgia to win. Number four, Clemson, seven and one, takes on number twenty, NC State. Two top teams. This is a fight for first place in the ACC Coastal. Now, this is the Cotton Textile Rivalry Bowl. Who wins this one, Will? Oh, boy. Um, I think this is probably one of the toughest games I had to look through. Um, Clemson, as much they, they are still in the playoff picture for right now. Um, but uh, they're going to have uh, their plate full of these next uh, few games. Uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney, brilliant uh, coach. Kelly Bryant, he's back, right? Yeah, he's he's playing, but he hasn't. He's been struggling lately, though. Yeah, but that that's kind of what worries me when you're a top QB is struggling. So I say that Clemson wins, but just barely. I say by a field goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what Stephen A. Smith always says: defense, defense, defense will be an amazing factor here. You're talking about two top defenses here. Clemson number one in sacks this year, and uh, NC State. Is number 10, number, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, number 7 in sacks. They have a great defense now. Yes, their defensive backs have been okay lately, but after what, after Naheem Hines will be back after getting injured against Notre Dame, that'll be a great strong front for them. I think Clemson's offense struggles in this game to Bradley Chubb. I see NC State upsetting them in a three-pointer game. Okay. I got an upset pick here. Oh, wow. Number 15, Iowa State. Has won, has beaten three ranked teams in a row. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, TCU last week. 
But they, now they take on West Virginia, who isn't ranked. But they're 5-3 and three after losing to Oklahoma State last week. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, I'm going to go with Iowa State. I think their hot streak uh, continues. Uh, even though this isn't a ranked uh, team, I still think they could uh, try to make their mark. And they could get, actually get go to a, a pretty good bowl game. And who knows, maybe somewhere down the road, if uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State uh, struggle or TCU struggles, then they could... It'll be in the Big 12 uh, title picture, so I'm going to go with the Cyclones. I'm going to go with the Cyclones, too, and a nail-biter as well. I think I've really been impressed by what their defense has done. Maybe their QB is not as efficient, but he he's a dream come true to this team. They haven't had a good QB in a good while, and this guy has potential. It's it'll, I think Ohio, Iowa State wins this by 7 in a low-scoring game, 17-10. to 10. All right. Number 21, Stanford, 6-2, and two, takes on a struggling number 25, Washington State team. Who wins this one, Will? Okay, so both teams want to prove that they're worthy of the Pac-12 title picture, but it's all a question about who wants it more. And from my perspective, uh, I think uh, that Washington State will knock off uh, Stanford in an upset. Luke Falks has just been uh, very impressive. I think he's probably the most underrated quarterback in the Pac-12, and I think he's actually going to carry this team to uh, places. uh, Yes. You know, he got injured last week, but he's back. I mean, he got knocked out, knocked the wind knocked out of him. He's going to play in this game. I think he'll have a huge – he'll be a huge contributor. Now, Stanford has a good defense. We're talking about their running back, Bryce Love, up for Heisman. I still think Washington State upsets Stanford, just like you said. I think it's going to be 28-26. to 26. That's how close it's going to be. Number five, Oklahoma, 7-1 and one, versus number 11, Oklahoma State, 7-1. and one. This big rivalry game, which we usually see on the week of Thanksgiving, decided to come up two ga- weeks earlier. Now, this is a big one. This is a fight for first place in the Big 12. TCU, with them losing, they have to fight for this, but the winner of this will be tied with TCU. Now, with that being said, who wins this one, Will? If, I guess, the Sooners versus the Cowboys, Rudolph versus Mayfield. I think this is probably the the toughest game that I had to, to decide between between these two, because you have two elite quarterbacks, Mayfield and uh, Rudolph, both extremely well in the Big 12 and in the NCAA altogether. Uh, but this, I think this is another battle of who wants it uh, more because this is a team who could potentially battle for a uh, Big 12 uh, title and maybe somewhere around uh, there a uh, playoff spot. Pl- a playoff spot. Uh, but I say that the team that deserves it the most is Oklahoma. I agree. You know, Mayfield made a, um, a statement yesterday that he's surprised that their team is underrated when they beat a team like Ohio State. And I agree. That's surprising to me. Now, like you said, Will, two elite quarterbacks going at it. These these guys are top five passing, passing touchdowns, QB rating. It's just amazing to see. It's going to be a shootout. And I, in the end, I think Baker Mayfield leads his team to a final second score. 38-34 will be my score. Oklahoma wins it, I think. All right. Number 18, undefeated Central Florida. Takes on SMU, who has done exceptionally well this year. They upset undefeated South Florida. Now they take on another undefeated team. Do they upset this one, Will? I'm going to say uh, no. I say Central Florida remains undefeated uh, for right now. Uh, I just uh, don't think that SMU is uh, worthy of uh, beating uh, the Golden Knights. I don't. I think the Golden Knights win this one in a close one, too. I think... They're so underrated. If you look at what how great this team is, and you know, I could go in all day, but we don't have all day. But right. Central Florida is a good team. I think they're going to win this. Number, it's another big rivalry game. Number nineteen LSU six and two takes on number two undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide. Now this time it's not going to be Les Miles versus Saban, but it's still LSU versus Saban. With that being said, Will, who comes out on top? Will Alabama keep their undefeated streak alive and go after a, that spot? Go after Georgia for that number one spot? Or will they surprisingly be upset? I want to say uh, that it, uh, uh, an upset could happen, but uh, with the way that Alabama's have been playing and how dominant they've been, I say those chances are going to be a little bit slim. So I'm going to go with Alabama in this one. I think Alabama wins this soon. Now, I think it's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong. It's always close when these two play. The only exception being like two years ago when Alabama blew them out. With that being said, though, I think Alabama wins this one in a close one. And, you know, I really, I really think it's going to come down to the wire between Georgia and Alabama. I really do. Another big ACC battle for the battle in the ACC West Division. Number 13, Virginia Tech, 7-1. Takes on number 10, Miami, undefeated. Both of these teams are undefeated in their conference. Now, the winner of this will take first place. We'll break the tie for first place in their side of the ACC. Right. Who wins this one, Will? 
Ooh, this is going to be a tough uh, battle. I say this is going to be a very close game. But I say with how Miami has been doing, I say they deserve it to more. So I'm going to go with the Canes. You know, I had to really look at this game, and I thought, I, I said last week, I said, oh, this is going to be a really good one. I'm excited for this. Mark Rozier for Miami, 17 touchdown passes this year, 2000, over 2,000 yards. Josh Jackson, QB for VT, 17 touchdown passes, a little over 2,000 yards as well. It's going to come down to a big showdown. I think if Miami's defense is on key, they win this game. I'm going with Miami on this one. Let's see. Number 22, the final pick. Number 22, Arizona. Done exceptionally well. They beat Arizona State last week. I mean, Arizona State, wow. Washington mm. State, gosh. Now they take on number 17, USC, who has struggled a bit this week. Who wins this? I mean, wow, this season. Who wins this, this one, season. Will? Uh, yeah, you're right. Trojans have a struggled as of well. These last few weeks, and they got annihilated by Notre Dame uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, so I say that uh, since they're struggling a little bit, I say they need to uh, get back on uh, track. Um, they uh, just might do that, but I think uh, in the end, Arizona will knock them off. I think got the Wildcats in an upset. I see. As Stephen A. would say again, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. This will be what comes out in this game. Darnell has turned the ball over too much. He does it again here. Arizona wins. With that being said, I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this was Real, Real Time Sports. Sports. See you soon.